0: Get 60% off at babble.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games.
2: Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Musin, and today I'm joined with... Tara Schneider, Hello. Brian Altano, and Miranda Sanchez. Hello. We did it.
3: Yes. Yeah. All right. We
2: made it through. How's everyone doing? We're go- <laughs> jealous. Jealous. What? Jealous. Why are you jealous? What?
4: Because of this on the oh. desk. If you're not watching this oh. version, check it out. Because uh, Philip brought something very cool back.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, this is true. I am officially now a certified. Nintendo Labo. What does it say? Cardboard uh,
1: constructionist. Yes,
2: a cardboard <laughs> constructionist. Yeah.
1: So you can legally build anything out of cardboard. Forever.
2: Yes. So if you need anything built out of cardboard, like a home or a hospital or something like that, just you know. Or piano in, or, or, or fishing rod. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I Your name is from
4: my Pikachu. So.
2: <laughs> Your name is Philip. I thought it was Flip. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. benounced to you and, and a lot of people out there. There's mm-hmm. actually an I right after that. All <laughs> right. Well, thank you, Flip. Yes.
1: <laughs> so you got this in New York in New York City because you last week. Lou in New York, which is how you missed the show, we we showed you a bunch of times, uh, to basically have some of the world's first hands-on with Labo.
2: Yes, I did, but we, we're we going to get into that a little bit later. All right. I'm, I'm just very excited about yes, the Yes, I know. I'm, I'm very, very excited about it, too. But first, before we get into all that stuff, I did want to ask you guys, have you heard of these rumors sort of circulating the internet about Bandai Namco yeah. um, and a dev putting stuff on his LinkedIn page?
1: Yes, the Metroid Prime 4 rumor a- specific.
2: Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. So if you haven't allegedly. heard
4: all... Face mask, I know it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> if you haven't heard the full rumor, essentially what's happening is a developer from Bandai Namco Singapore uh, posted on his LinkedIn page that he's allegedly working on a, uh, ex- a Switch-exclusive racing game. It's titled Ridge Racer 6, um, as well as an unannounced IP... First person shooter adventure exclusive to Switch. So the first one, uh, Ridge Racer Eight, exclusive to Switch. Now, even though we haven't heard anything about Ridge Racer, this is yeah. a total surprise to everyone.
5: It's been a while since we've seen a fully numbered Ridge Racer. Right? Exactly, yeah. and we've Seven seen them was ages ago. I mean, right.
1: didn't one launched with the 3DS? Oh
4: yeah, 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 yeah. We
5: had that. It wasn't and, great. Um, it was
4: also ages ago. Yeah, it was yeah. very,
5: but, very long. But, yeah. but it's, yeah. uh, it used to be the top arcade mm-hmm. racing franchise, yep. and it kind of has taken a backseat to,
2: you know, Forza Horizon. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's Ridge Racer. I mean, I played it. a ton Ridge. of Ridge Speed. Racer. Speed on like N64. I played mm-hmm. it on like. Didn't the PSP launch with a Vita? Yeah. With a, uh-huh. with, a, with, a with a Ridge Racer. Yes. Yeah. I remember that one was pretty good.
5: N64 was the one where you could do these kind of 360 spins around corners. Like you could go like. Spinning around corners—that's all we did. All very day. practical <laughs> move, in yeah, no, very. That's how we get around. That's and, exactly
4: what and, I look for in race. Yeah.
5: How drives is Tesla—practicality. But, but the um, like the whole concept of um, finding uh, a project on LinkedIn—that that used to happen a lot more back mm-hmm. in the old days when when there were job postings, companies would post like looking for new uh, for programmers for the next installment in the Tomb Raider franchise, and then somebody would find that and it would go everywhere. And publishers and developers have learned over the years to, to say, hey, don't ever mention what you actually worked on until the product is out. This person seems to not have heard of that. Um, would course caution, it could always be fake. right? Oh, yes. You never know whether that person created this profile. Uh, and then, of course, there's the kind of like uh, jumping to conclusions that unannounced IP for first-person-slash-adventure game, which sounds like Metroid, but unannounced IP is not exactly Metroid, right? Yeah. Right. Mm. But maybe that's that person's uh, interpretation. They feel like Metroid Prime 4 is an IP and at the time was not announced. Who knows?
1: Well, what we do know is that uh, retro is not making it. So yeah. The, the big question mark right now is who is making Metroid Prime 4? A
5: new studio
2: is a what new Nintendo studio. told us. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had a lot of rumors in the past point towards Bandai Namco. Yep. Also, you know working on Metroid Prime 4 and actually I've done a little bit of investigating uh, myself and I've heard a lot of other people on the internet have been as well just kind of looking further into this LinkedIn post and I saw that Bandai Namco has been hiring more developers coming from LucasArts who right. used to who worked on the Star Wars 1313 13 yeah they're
1: specifically act, the, yeah. the cancelled uh, what was basically a bounty hunter third person uncharted style almost I think for a moment had Boba Fett starring in it um, where yeah. you went into the rings of sort of levels underneath Coruscant which just got like seedier and seedier and seedier and it was it had a lot of like big set pieces and climbing and um, kind of this, awesome yeah, yeah. it looks really awesome there's, we there's have videos trailer. of it on, so on IGN sad. and stuff me too it really bums me out that we didn't get it but yeah apparently a bunch of the people who worked on that game that was cancelled uh, got moved over to this team or this right. studio so, so
2: there, yeah, we don't have any sort of concrete evidence saying that, yeah, Bandai Namco is working on Metroid, but there are these like seeds that are sort of being planted and mm-hmm. indicating that they could possibly be doing so. Yeah, um, and I've also, I also know that they've been in great communication with Nintendo as well. Just really. Um, You know, talking to them directly about their ideas for this unannounced IP Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, getting approval with Nintendo, whether or not they're going to use it.
5: If Nintendo entrusts Namco Bandai to create a sequel to one of their top selling franchises, Smash Brothers, which they did. They're they're gonna trust them with their twentieth selling franchise mm-hmm. too, right? No no offense to Metroid, but it mm-hmm. but it isn't it, it isn't cumulatively up there even with some of the what you would consider to be kind of like the more B tier titles, yep. right? Also, the Samus- franchise we love, but it's not as pop- popular.
1: Samus is a bounty hunter.
5: That's right. Oh, yep.
1: She turns into an orange ball, I, which I is a character in Star Wars The Force Awakens in I, Episode Eight. To me, it's... Name's <gasps> BB-8. You should watch those films.
5: <laughs> to me, it's like, it's not just it's possible. possible. It's a very... It was a very, very likely thing that Nintendo would go back to yeah, um, this company. They worked with another Japanese studio, obviously with Tecmo on Metroid before as well, so... Well,
1: um, it's also like, I don't see, know, when you look at the internal teams that Nintendo has, uh, you would be kind of hard-pressed to be like, well, these guys make perfect sense to do a Metroid Prime game, like a Metroid game. We just got a Metroid game, but to see a Metroid Prime game, I mean, that is like, that has a specific style to it. Um, and I think that when Metroid Prime came out, uh, it was sort of um, kind of bucking the expectations that we all had as, you know, contemporary per- first person shooter fans yep. at the time, because we were playing other shooting games where we or like, what is this game? Yep. And it came out and did so many new things we've had, you know, oh, how many years since three came out? of worth of first-person shooters every single year. 10 20 30 yeah. of them so I think the bar is set even higher so they have to come in with a very specific angle and they really have to make something cool not saying they have to compete with call of duty but like I mean they got to do some cool stuff and you know it it's got to feel like a really good shooter and feel like a really good Metroid game
5: and it's, it's got it has to be you said it it has to be competitive with Western first-person games mm-hmm. because you know J- they're amazing games coming out of Japan uh, you know whether whether visually or storytelling wise obviously some some fantastic games um, but the first-person uh, shooter genre has been rooted more uh, in in US driven or European driven development, and there's some amazing looking games. Games that do some really clever stuff right. um, with this open uh, well, look with at, more look, open world formula. Look at something like yeah. Titanfall, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, but
4: that's where I first go to. Is yeah. being creative and innovative with something new. Like when Titanfall came onto the scene. Of course, we had all these really modern shooters, but like just how they changed up with the verticality and movement yep. was so unique, mm-hmm. and they do have a big challenge with Metroid. Yeah, but, but, and I'm,
1: that doesn't necessarily mean they have to make an online multiplayer Metroid oh, yeah, game. Absolutely. We saw that with 2 or local multiplayer. It just doesn't really fit I universe,
5: expect but. story-driven, just yeah. like Metro. I mean, adventure is in, in the title for a reason, right? Like, it is more about figuring out these puzzles and exploring this ever-expanding kind of base or world. So, um, I I actually think this is really interesting. Um, you know, I'm happy to see a, a new uh, take on that franchise. It's funny because that company is not known for FPSs, it's yeah. not known right. for these types of games. This is the company that's brought, that brought you, you know, way back when Galaga, and like, they worked on what? Like, Bait and Kados for Nintendo, mm-hmm. like a, a full-fledged RPG. So, They've done a little bit of everything except for a game that fits that template exactly, and be interesting. I mean, Star Fox they've made, right? Right, right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, what comes out of that if that's all true.
2: Well, speaking of more first-person shooters possibly coming to Switch and Call of Duty, as you'd mentioned earlier, Brian, uh, there are more rumors of potentially Call of Duty Black Ops Four coming to Switch. This uh, fall, yeah, I this believe, fall. Yeah. yeah. So, and this was this is a rumor that was uh, reported by uh, writer and industry insider Marcus Sellers through Twitter, who apparently he knows people, um, and he's saying that Call of Duty uh, 2018 is Black Ops 4, and it is coming to PS4, Xbox, PC, and Switch. It is set in the modern times and is boots on the ground. The Switch version will support DLC, HD Rumble, and motion controls. The Switch version is also being ported by a company which is familiar Familiar with Call of Duty games? Now I know it's a rumor, so it's neither here nor there.
4: Yeah, we don't even know what the next Call of Duty is going to be. Like it's yeah, Treyarch's right? turn, so right, we'll see what they do. But but what was like, the,
1: what was the last one they made?
4: I forget which one Treyarch did. But of course, they're responsible for the Black Ops series. Yeah, right right, so.
1: right, right. It was
2: Black Ops, right? Yeah, was
4: it Black Ops? It, was it?
2: I think I, Treyarch did work on Black Ops. I'm yeah. Sure.
1: I, admittedly, I I kind of just dipped out of that
5: franchise. I'm sort of just like so the, I have a hard time remembering what happened in World War II. Not the actual. I don't World know. World I remember War, very well what happened. I, in I have, the, have no idea what I happened wasn't I in there, Christ,
1: yeah. What I
5: it ate this in, morning.
4: Infinite Warfare for sure, and then World War II. Mm-hmm. But the one that just came right before that is the one I can't remember. World
2: at
1: War. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's ages ago. hundred years old. Keep, keep going. I'm yeah. going to look it up. But, uh, anyway, anyway. Yeah. You sound like idiots. Anyway, well, you look it up. Yeah. I mean, the reason I. Bring this rumor up um, on NBC in, in particular is I'm just curious, and I'm asking you personally, Miranda, yeah. as a Call of Duty yeah. fan, because I think you probably are the biggest one on the show today. Um, what would it take to make a Call of Duty, like a hardcore Call of Duty player, come over and play Call of Duty no. on Switch? <laughs> is it no. is no. it possible? like no?
4: I mean, we've seen Switch versions of Call of Duty games before, and they're <laughs> kind of embarrassing or nintendo
1: versions of call of duty games yeah, yeah that's which
4: yeah. excuse me nintendo so yeah like looking back at uh what was it modern warfare 3 footage on the wii, the wii versus yeah. Yeah. like I, I, else did one came to that.
5: wii u as it, was well. yeah, it was black it was ops 3, 3. yes okay, like, it was yeah. black ops 3 was 2015 it right would make
4: sense if it was black ops 3 for going into black ops I could war.
1: have sworn it was world at war yeah before, <laughs> before <laughs> <laughs> infinite uh, uh-huh. they also ported um was it the nintendo ds that got like two call of duties i think so because i remember i remember um them being reviewed here and I took a copy home and played through it and That's it's so weird. They're, they're, it's actually fascinating because it's almost like it's like demakes. It's like putting mm-hmm. a Nintendo Labo fishing rod next to a real one. It's yeah. like it they are like they're ba- those game those are single player games based on set pieces and like it's it was like a bridge blows up with a tank but when you're playing it on DS it's like eight polygons. Yeah. It's great. It's kind of <laughs> wonderful. Weird. So yeah, watch watch videos on YouTube.
5: They're pretty pretty wonderful. Cod con- skipping um Switch at launch I actually thought was was surprising. I thought for sure Nintendo had worked with um, Activision to get, you know, a Call of Duty game onto the Switch, even if it was a a remake or something of the original, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, onto the Switch at launch. And, like, obviously they skipped uh, Wii U at the end as well, but supported it before then. Right. If you remember all that. I've said Mm -hmm. this, like, every time the Call of Duty
1: conversation comes up, but I would totally buy a call of duty that was single player only. And then the multiplayer was a separate skew basically. So that someone I've like me, that a lot. yeah. And it's the kind of thing that like, I think like you said, the audience is not going to leave Xbox One, PS4, and PC. It's right. so like
4: for me having multiple options, there's no way I go first for Switch yep. over my Xbox yep. or P C. Like there's no way.
1: It's also antithetical to the idea that it is a portable system. Yes. And you're not gonna be jumping like on a train and getting a, a great online match going on with yeah. It. Right.
4: yeah, and ideally like I wouldn't really wanna play with a Joy-Con. So like my ideal Setting for this, like if they do come out with this, um, I would really like it bundled with the Pro Controller. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes the most sense if like they have a special Call of Duty Pro Controller and they bundle it and say, hey awesome. have this," because this is the optimal way to play mm-hmm. it. I would assume because I don't think playing with Joy-Con would be fun, so except that it has with move controls, which yeah,
1: that I mean that could <laughs> interesting. So, that's the, yeah, that's the weird thing. Um, I mean,
4: potentially, it's yeah. all over,
1: but. I would I would like to see you know pointer controls work. I've tried them in like World of Goo and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. it's a very, that's a slow game, so I can't really tell how that would work with a first person shooter Especially one as like quick as Call of Duty, right? But like, what kind of stuff from the single player side of Call of Duty, Miranda? Do you think would make it over? Because I feel like taking a bunch of awesome uh, single player stuff from Call of Duty and sort of mashing it together in this one package for Switch players mm-hmm. for like thirty nine ninety nine could be totally cool. Like zombies, maybe?
4: Yeah, the thing is with zombies, like you don't really want to play that on your own. Like that is definitely an experience you want with other people. And mm. even just playing on my own with random people online, it's still a lesser experience. And, you know, of course, teaming up with your friend to solve these really intricate puzzles. Right. Um, so, I mean, I could see it just paired with if you want maybe the story in zombies.
5: I don't think would that'll be weird. I don't like, think it would. I, I
4: think they're going to have everything.
5: Remember that, like among Call of Duty players, you're probably an outlier, right? Like right. you play the campaign. most people buy call of duty the the annual iterations to play multiplayer i mean that's what i
4: did all high school i just played multiplayer
5: nintendo nintendo has a lot to prove now with that the switch can be an online console and that's obviously one of their big launches in september Mm -hmm. i I can't think of a better game to come out alongside that and say see you can do voice chat you can do all yeah Yeah. i just think that
1: like even aside from my personal preferences as a ex call of duty you know frequent player uh yeah. I, it just you have to sort of play to the strengths of the system and i, I think that like they're going to start selling yeah. online so they have to show and prove with that thing right but also it just it doesn't really work with the portable the, like the portable aspect of that system yeah, Spl- I, splatoon does well though you know? yeah yeah i guess you're right yeah. i mean there's a couple modes in there like that make it worth your time when you're offline though you but, know?
4: And, yeah i don't think portability is like the big sell though unless you're like hey what if we all meet up at so-and-so's house and play call of Duty Zombies, together sitting right. next to each other and stuff like right. that's an ideal that's cool i think.
2: yeah that's really cool and that might be the direction that they're trying to Go like, with it. I mean, I totally agree with you. Like, it doesn't make sense to like be excited about playing Call of Duty on a train by yourself with no yeah. Wi-Fi.
1: Well, look at Doom, right? Like, the, even that was like a separate download just for multiplayer. Like, they sort of yeah. distanced that from the from the from the package that most people were buying.
5: Yeah, like right. COD is such a bigger game for of multiplayer. You know, like, yeah, like,
2: mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's got to be core. The thing uh, with Doom yeah. too is like it didn't need as much precision as Call of Duty requires. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least uh, some would argue. I would argue. Um, Call of Duty. I think if it does end up coming to Switch, it needs needs to be locked at 60 frames per second to appease like the hardcore right, audience. Right, right. Um, you know, and it could, you know, like take re- a hit in resolution. That would be totally fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as it is locked at 60 frames per second. I don't know, would you agree that that's an important thing?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's such a twitchy shooter like the time time to kill is so fast. Like you are responding and dying, responding and dying, like hopefully getting a lot of kills along the way. And if you mess up that cycle, then it messes up something like intricate to Call of Duty. Right. right. And so That stability is very important. But having seen past Call of Duty, like, I'm a little concerned. But like I said, if you're really serious about that, mm-hmm. then you're probably not playing it on Switch, right? Yeah. But I think yeah. still having that is a good feature. Like people do want to play this, and if maybe Switch is their main thing and they want to play Call of Duty, then that's great that they could have it.
1: Yeah, yeah. you won't be playing cross-play with people on 4K
5: TVs or anything like that. Yeah, while you're on your, like, yeah it's not like you're, playing, you're
4: all on the same playing field, essentially. Yeah. And especially, so that evens it out.
5: Especially if the Switch version has motion controls, because then we'll destroy them all. <laughs> I, I, like, I like motion the aiming in Splatoon. I yeah. think it works oh, awesome. I I don't I don't like it. I that. think you have to I, I, I think
4: it's I'm one of the few people that doesn't. Like everyone else I've talked to loves it. But I'm so
1: much faster, faster than pushing this stick. I like it. I just yeah. like I I play a lot of Switch games like I don't know, like laying, I was I was playing Switch like the other night just like laying in bed and I was like this. Yeah, that doesn't Yeah. Work. And like you can't do that. <laughs> Uh, if you're listening at home, I did a weird pantomime of me holding a switch above my head. Um, but yeah, it doesn't work
5: with motion <laughs> controls. So as
2: long as the motion, if it does have motion controls, as long as they're not forced on us, or mm-hmm. like if, they, if the game works better with motion controls or something like that, I think it would be okay.
5: Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm imagining him lying in his bed trying to play Xbox while the TV is at the other end of the room <laughs> <laughs> and looking at the ceiling. Try that. <laughs> <laughs> not work yeah, yeah, it's not working. Yeah, a series of elaborate
1: <laughs> mirrors. Exactly. No, I think. Um, Like regardless, like you, you can't be mad at this rumor. This is like, this is cool, right? This is is great. And I hope this happens. Uh, Like I keep echoing Miranda here. That audience is not going to come over, but maybe you'll find a new audience on Switch. And with millions and millions there, like this, like we keep saying this, but this conversation becomes harder and harder to ignore. Right. Like if you're a developer, you want in or, and if you don't like, it feels like you're missing out. I mean, I saw Chance the Rapper the other day who like opened up Kanye's last album was like, Hey, Nintendo of America, put Fortnite on Switch. And then my friend Nick Chester, who works over at Epic, was like, "Hey, uh, yeah, hey, what's going on, man? Like, maybe we'll we'll see what we can do. Like, people are asking; people want the biggest games to come to Switch, yeah. uh, and that's really cool. It's a good problem to have."
4: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like, I adore my Switch; I play it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and having the option to at least have these games on Switch is ideal. Right? That's yeah. What I can only have.
5: would you want Dota on there?
4: No, that's for PC only. Oh. <laughs> it's too complex. Okay. Nothing can handle oh, it. Oh. It's fine.
5: Right. What about? A, <laughs> you see
4: too many keys. Touch uh-huh. screen that would be actual hell yeah. so yeah there's a there's some MOBAs out there that work really well on touch screen Van Gogh is a yep. you know mobile game that is a MOBA so yeah, yeah. Um, there are definitely different games fitted for that but Dota does not belong
2: mm-hmm. sorry well, okay. so-
4: <laughs> okay. right, I don't think anyone's crying over it, but...
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of games that we actually know are coming to Switch, or at least pieces of DLC, Fire Emblem Warriors is getting its second DLC pack next week on February 14th. It's going to be available at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, and you're going to get a bunch of new skills, history maps, support content, Conversations, new costumes, armor break models, and weapons. So definitely check that out. Are you guys playing Fire Emblem Warriors? No. At all? I, I
5: stopped, but I'll go back to it when, oh, there, cool. when there's new content. Yeah. yeah. I, I, this, this game surprised me. I was all like, Mah. You know, didn't like Hyrule Warriors that, that much. Aww. I made that noise <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I played this. I'm like, this is good. What the heck?
2: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, there's also another third DLC pack still on the way, so definitely look forward to that. It's nice to see Nintendo still supporting yep. um, Fire Emblem Warriors with all this content. And also, we recently got announced that Hyrule Warriors for Switch is going to have some Breath of the Wild costumes coming to it Yay. with amiibo support. So I want to well, play that. Yeah, never
4: got a chance to play it because I didn't want to buy it for 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then
2: yeah, the 3DS version is not
1: good. So you, you yeah, made, you made a good move there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm you think ready.
2: you'll play it on uh, on Switch, pair? Yeah. Give it a shot. I'm gonna give yeah, it another I'll shot. Play it again. I think yeah, so. I'll check I, it out. I again. didn't
1: really mess with. There's all this like Link's Awakening stuff in there. It's like my favorite Zelda uh, game, and I I missed it all. So
5: I yeah something something made me cranky about that game. Like cranky. For example, the you're a big fan of uh, Boboblins, Bobo Kleins, Bobo Kleins. Right? Yeah. And this game has like the worst version of them. Like I wish yeah. it was more rooted in the 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 art style of the other games that I love so much. That, but, game, um,
1: that those games kind of like give me anxiety. Yeah. It's just like, there's, the it's it, games? yeah, it's just never just chill. There's always just like 200. Oh, really? It's so
4: chill, though. You just keep yeah. putting mean, them all down. It is cathartic
1: because they'll never kill you. Yeah. It's like 200, yeah, like, are invincible. Runs. It's fine. Yeah, but there's all these, like, little alerts going on all over <laughs> the, yeah. the map. You're like, I got to go take they, care of all this. It took over
4: that
5: area again. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. yeah. yeah. I it's I very whack a mole. Yeah, no, there's, there's
4: a lot going on, but I find those games strangely relaxing. It's because you don't care about
5: the people. You're like, let them mm-hmm.
4: die. Kind of, actually, yeah. You
5: care. Really?
4: That's how I play Samurai Warriors. I just like mow down. I was like, oh, there's a big group of people over there. That's where I'm going next. It's, I don't care about the objective.
1: You know, you're totally right. Like, they're both, it's like, it's this weird mix for me of like, it's like cathartic, mm-hmm. and because I'm just like killing, mowing down a bunch of enemies, but also uh, like anxious because I'm just like, what who who's going to pop up out of the ground like why do i have to keep running over to this square over here yeah. like yeah. yeah it's i there's just a lot there's a lot going once on once
4: you get a feel for the flow of the missions then i think you you get better with that yep. it doesn't feel so anxious about everything or hectic so
2: yeah. true Well, another game that was actually announced for Switch this week is Harvest Moon Light of Hope Special Edition. It's also coming to PS4 as well. And it was announced via the developer's Twitter account, Natsumi Inc., um, and they said that it's releasing in May of 2018. Now, I'm not too familiar with Harvest Moon. I haven't played too much of the series myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miranda, I know you're a huge fan. Stardew Valley fan. Yes. Right. I have
4: here. a deep dark secret where I've never ever played a Harvest Moon. You have episode. not? I know. I okay. know. Yeah. All right, kids. So I was I in it, it, I'm legit surprised with that. Like I know, right? Here. So, yeah. I just never had it somehow and didn't really know about it until a few years ago. And I was like, what? How did I not know about this game? Right, right. Like, having what? like Nintendo systems growing up, I'm just surprised my parents never got it to me.
5: Well, they, wow. I mean, they, the, the genre <laughs> definitely... Got a huge boost with you know games like Heyday, like any of these kind of like farming games on iOS and Android, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's when people uh, suddenly um, uh, took took note of the kind of like build, farm, and harvest stuff genre. And Harvest Moon was a smaller um, smaller franchise, but like they were. Some of them were really deep with RPG elements, yeah. you know, more akin uh, to, to Stardew Valley. Right. And what, um, in the past, these games were created by Marvelous. Marvelous uh, was the, you know, the Japanese uh, creator behind these titles. And they were called Bokujo Monogatari, which is um, a farm story. And uh, when they came to the U.S., Natsume, who are – it's a Japanese company, but they're actually headquartered just south of San Francisco uh, here. Um, they brought these games to the U.S. as Harvest Moon. What happened is those two franchises split. Mm-hmm. So what you get now, actually, as Harvest Moon, is a different developer in a different franchise under that name. Whereas Bokujo Monogatari, you will get as Story of Seasons. Oh, yep. So that's that's why I'm like my my anticipation of this one is not. I, I love these games. Have no, my seen... anticipation of this game is a little tempered. I hope that not gets this right, and it's a it's a good game.
4: Did you see the last one?
5: Was not a good game.
4: Yes. Also, yeah. did not touch that. I was like, oh, maybe I'll try. No.
5: no. <laughs> so, it's so, like
4: one of those you go back to the older Harvest Moons and play those instead.
5: Right. Or right. 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 Just so play games well. are only as strong as the developers behind right. them, right? And and that was a, a different team. So I'm hoping they can bring it with this one. Uh, I don't know if they have the rights to any of the code from the old games, even. Uh, mm-hmm. That'd be just, even adapting Harvest Moon 64 would right, be like such that's, a freaking great game, mm, right? That's
4: what I was hoping for would happen sometime mm-hmm. soon. Maybe someday. Like, honestly, I'd just want to go play those games, but I can't really easily now.
5: you no. really like them, yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: It's, it,
1: this is a, I think if this is done well, they have potential to sell a lot of copies of this game. Because if you look at Stardew Valley, that topped the charts for a while on the eShop. There's no Animal Crossing coming out anytime soon that we know of. Hopefully that gets announced soon. And I think people are looking for just like a kind of like chilled out sort of farm slash town building
4: game.
1: And it works really well, you know, in portable form. It's like you pop in, plant some trees, get out.
5: I just wonder if that ship has sailed and Stardew kind of supplanted it because Maybe. Stardew does a lot of the stuff from the Harvest Moon games I mean like even like in the in the games in the 90s you could do like light exploration get married mm-hmm. uh, you know have livestock harvest things water things like all of that was always in the franchise Stardew does all of that and it does it in some cases a little better mm-hmm.
4: yeah um, so there are some PC games that are coming out in that same vein of Stardew Valley yeah. um, there's a new one that's in early access right now that I actually got to play called My Time at Portia mm-hmm. and it is a more so building, I guess that you do farming eventually, before I got you just like build stuff and you have oh, relationships cool. with these town people. You can play rock, paper, scissors for whatever reason. Um it does have a lot of that, those like more just life themes of just building up this town and working with them. And there were like protests for nature. Uh. And it seems like a little bit more like the next step of Stardew in a way. Right. And so like seeing these games pop up more and more just means that Harvest Moon is like its original form still has a lot more competition. And yep. like if this one can't really you know, prove itself to be a good iteration on that, then I think they'll have some trouble selling mm-hmm. it going forward. Yeah. Unless they bring back the old ones, then it'll right. be revived.
5: <laughs> That's yeah, that would be tough to make up and 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 connect them again. But I'm keeping an eye out. I'm I'm curious to see what they come up with.
2: Yeah, me too. I, I'm very interested in this. I like Stardew Valley a lot, so I'm hoping to, that this is finally the Harvest Moon that gets me, that like you know welcomes me into the series. But um, one one last thing before we get into our big topic, um, starting in early March, we're finally going to be able to redeem gold points. Um, for to, uh, from digital and physical purchases to earn five percent of the money back, I guess that we pay right, Yeah, and specifically
1: that's what, through my Nintendo,
2: right through my Nintendo is, rewards. This
1: is uh, they are at the finish line on this because, or the, this is a buzzer beater because if you bought a Switch last March,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and you redeemed it. Your coins for that Switch are about to expire, Uh and there's been nothing to buy for your Switch specifically with them. You can only buy, like, 3DS themes and, uh, like, Wii U downloadable games and stuff like that, discounts on Wii games, like, stuff that you're just kind of like, hey, that's nice, but... I Got a switch. Yeah. yeah, they've
4: had the switch, I kind of think, grayed out for a very long time. just yeah. like when is this going to be implemented? Yeah,
1: and Finally. when you when you go on your switch, like there's that little theme button and you can go there and it's black or white.' And mm-hmm. you're
3: like
1: that's it's a start. <laughs> yeah, me get some more. Uh, so this is kind of cool. The weird thing is that um, if you have you have a hundred points, it's basically a hundred cents. Is it a dollar? I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, because it was a one-to-one euro-to-point transaction thing uh, in 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 the European press release for this. So um, if you have a thousand points, you can get ten bucks, and you can get a ten-dollar game.
5: You seem to be really into this cryptocurrency. I'm really yeah. <laughs>
1: really into my Nintendo cryptocurrency. Yeah. I think it's yeah. gonna blow up.
5: All right. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be the next <laughs> big thing. No. Yeah. I think All it's the kids good. Uh, are using it. Yep. 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 To, to buy black or white buttons. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I, I've uh, I've always been a fan of my Nintendo. It's Same. something I check in on all the time. Um, it's weird because it's like you know, Sony has PlayStation rewards, and you can't really find them. You have to dig around for them. Every now and then, they'll email you and be like, "Hey, uh, here's a twenty percent off or thirty percent off coupon." Xbox less so. They have a couple little like rewardy type I don't things, even but
4: know anymore? Yeah, not
1: really, right? Um, but Nintendo has this system, which is never great, but it's. Something. I
4: feel like Nintendo's is the most present of the other systems. Like I know they exist. Mm -hmm. I just don't really know how to find out much about them, or don't really care enough to, because there's never really been an incentive for that. Yes,
1: right. Yeah, good, good way of putting it. And so, like with my Nintendo, like you see that integration. uh, Like you see that logo in places. You see it like when you redeem a a coupon or a a game or something like that. Points will pop up. Um, It speaks into all of their mobile offerings. So uh, Mario, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, also all have these like little tie-ins to my Nintendo. Nintendo, where you can go and redeem points and get like five thousand bells and Animal Crossing and whatever you want to do. But in terms of like tangible physical rewards, this is a program that was really cool for a while way back in the day. Mm. Um, I had got like a Mario statue and a Luigi statue, and they had like weird 3DS cases and all this other stuff. And then all that went away. So hopefully this is baby steps, Ooh, and yep. they'll go back to doing cool stuff again. But it's start.
2: Nice, very cool. Um, so, yeah, let's get into our our main topic, I guess, for this segment. I know that a lot of you guys are curious to, to hear what Nintendo Labo is actually like. So I did get a chance to get some hands-on time with the fabled Toy-Con creations. Did they give you a box and you had to open it you got to smell it? Or
5: was it, like, <laughs> on the table already? Like, how did you, uh, no, you yeah, smell cardboard? So, yeah, let's yeah, just,
2: like, walk yes. you guys through the whole thing. I mean, it was really cool. So the event that I went to was in New York City. Um, and it was taking place at the, oh, we're seeing some B-roll for those of you watching the video podcast. Um, so yeah, that's actually me and my son, Keegan, uh, building Labo together. So we're working on the, we got to build the RC car and mm-hmm. the fishing rods. So we're seeing footage of the RC car on Which the video was right now. A,
1: okay, so he decked it out. He made it look awesome. Or was that you?
2: No, that was totally him. Oh, right. Him, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Wait, he him. put googly eyes, eyes on, it, on it, its eye-to-eye. butt? <laughs> and so that,
1: that was a relatively simple build, right? You said that only took you a few. Few minutes.
2: Right. So uh when you buy the variety pack, <laughs> you get actually two RC cars, which is which is cool cuz it actually includes a multiplayer mode as well. Mm-hmm. So you can race Aww. with your friends on a single switch, um which is very interesting and it actually works really well as well. So the first RC car that we built took us around 10 minutes, maybe 12 minutes, and then the second one I built it by myself took me like I want to say 30 seconds to a minute. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's basically one... The RC car is one piece that you pop out, and then you just kind of fold it all together. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you can see on screen right now, if you're watching the video, um, I'm assembling the fishing rod here, and it's way more complex. It's It's got so many more moving parts in it, and... There, you can see it's got a string in there as well. There's like rubber bands. It's awesome. But it's really, it's all there for a purpose. Like the rubber bands are there in particular to give that feeling of resistance. You can see I'm pulling up <laughs> there, or Keegan's actually pulling up. And it's fun. I mean, it really does feel like you're pulling something out <laughs> of the water uh, when you have your Switch in there. And the game that they have for this is, is essentially a fishing game where you can dip your rod in the water and you <laughs> lower it.
6: This is the, so weird. It's yeah. very
2: weird, but it's fun. Um, you lower it into the ocean, and then you can lower it deeper, as deep and deep as as, as you want to go, essentially, until it gets all black. And then from the deepest parts of the ocean, you can pull out like sharks and lanternfish and lots of weird stuff. It keeps records, so you can go back oh. and try and beat your, you know, old scores and stuff. Um, And you're seeing more footage of the piano going on before you saw the the house, the Toy-Con creation house. We didn't get a chance to build that stuff. Those... Would take a little bit longer, longer than the time that they actually gave us at the event. So there's we,
5: the shot we built the pre-made,
2: <laughs> uh, or we actually just played with pre-made toy cons. Um, but this right here, what we're seeing on screen right now, was my favorite from the variety pack, which the is motorcycle, the motorcycle, yeah, because and I thought it was actually one of the more interesting ones too, because it really showed um, what I felt like was a real game inside of Labo, but it felt like a hacked up modded version of mario kart 8 like they took a level or a vertical splice of it and took the mii's from there and then you basically are just playing around like a modded version of the Excite Byte level from Mario oh, Kart Oh, really? 8. Yeah. Aside. And it
5: felt like that? Did it feel totally. different like with more spring to it or no? It no? felt like
2: Mario Kart? It felt like Mario Kart motion oh. motion controls. Okay. Yeah, but you're using so, that obviously.
5: So one of the mysteries um, of, of this, all the software is that Nintendo was being coy about who the developer was. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell anybody. Did you see anything during the startup screen or anything? No, no. I think people are like saying, I hope it's not retro right like it's the old like remember when microsoft bought rare and then put them to work on on me's essentially on the xbox Mm -hmm. right people don't want that like even though some of the software may be cool they don't want to hear that one of their favorite developers is toiling away at adapting mario kart
1: can i tell you a little secret about switch preview events there's been like two or three times where i've accidentally hit the home button during a switch (laughs) preview event and like
4: Accidentally. Huh? Yeah.
1: And like four people are like, whoa,
4: no, no, no,
3: no, 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 uh,
1: nothing, to see, you got to go. And I'm
5: like, oh, what's, uh, what's I, going on here? I, I, got, I got to think it's NST, like yeah. N- Nintendo Software Technology in, in, in Seattle and in, in Redmond. Like we haven't seen much from them. I got to think they're making these kind of smaller experiences mm-hmm. and maybe that's what they focused on. But who knows? Could be from Japan, too. Um, and I did It have- didn't look that bad, though. Like, I saw some of the side-scrolling stuff. Like, graphically, it does not look like they farted this
2: out. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, even the smaller games, like the Toy-Con house thing is a lot of fun. Yeah. So
4: I was wondering about, like, what do you do? Like, what With is that? With the house? Yeah, yeah. it's just like okay. a house. Yeah, so what it's actually,
2: it? it's really interesting. It looks simple. It's like a house. But essentially what it is, is it's a giant nanopet or, like, a giant... Gigapet or whatever they were called back from like the late 90s. I don't know what that is. Tamagotchi? Yeah, Yeah, like a Tamagotchi. Yeah, I know what that is. It's a giant Tamagotchi. Oh my gosh,
4: it's perfect.
2: It's this house and um, you put your Switch tablet in the front and then obviously that creates the illusion that there's like this gerbil-like thing living in there. And so on the sides of the the Toy-Con box and on the bottom and on the top are little slots that you can put interchangeable parts. You can see it on screen right now. And so those different parts, uh, with whatever combination you put on each side, activates a different game. And so right there, I got a chance to play, or Keegan was playing the minecart. Um, game, which felt a lot like something from Donkey Kong, uh-huh. which is really cool. So he, you bop the sides. Maybe it is know. retro. So cool.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it would be cool to see bigger developers getting a chance to make something for this. Like, I think it's a really interesting. Yeah. There's a lot project. of potential here. Like, yeah, it's like, what if some studio just wants to like try it? Like, why not? Right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, see what, see, like, let them loose, see what they can do, and see what they can make, and mm-hmm. that's just an awesome. It's
5: experience. kind of funny. Do you guys remember the movie Big? Yeah. There's this whole sequence where Tom Hanks, who is a kid in a grown-up's body, is being asked his uh, opinion on toys, and he's super upset that they're making him play with a building. Mm-hmm. There's a toy that, that like transforms into a building. He's like, who would want to play with a building? They're doing it. They're doing it. <laughs> they're making him
1: play with a little house. But Per, what else did he do in that movie? He played a piano. Uh, we don't want
5: to talk about that. He
1: did play <laughs> a piano. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it took place in New York City, where Philip went last week to play with Labo. <gasps> so it's all coming together.
2: Wow. Oh, my God.
5: Labo is an it, – Tom Hanks made it's, these a, games. It's a big Tom reboot. Hanks made
1: these games. <laughs> Tom Hanks is the, the developer behind every Labo game is insane Broke yeah problem. huge
5: Broke. conspiracy yes you, you heard it here but, first. but you had fun did any of the older kids beat you up when you were wearing that backpack or
2: um no but i did almost uh accidentally punch one of the attendants in the face no. when I was playing the robot no kid. yeah it was it went right next to their jaw oh
5: man that's very. Letter of apology to Nintendo Did yes. that feel <laughs> Did that did that
1: like robot backpack punching glove visor thing, did that feel sturdy? Like did it feel like something you could tear through after a couple uses?
2: Um, you know, actually if you treat it with enough respect, it'll it seems like it'll hold together. But you know, the the whole concept of Nintendo wanting to customize these things and put a bunch of tape all over it, like mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Put a bunch right. of tape all over it. You know, mm-hmm. like, otherwise it there could it could potentially fall apart. Look at that. I'm yeah. super happy. Yeah. 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 Um because do, it, it was, does, does look yeah, like first did. day of school. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. right. I look love it. Ready to go with my new backpack.
1: Speaking of hamsters, I think you can keep one in that backpack because there's breathing holes. You could. Looks, <laughs> it looks like you could I think carry.
4: Escape. Yeah, a big.
2: But uh, no, I <laughs> Bring will a
1: say cat on an airplane. If you, if
2: you do have like doubts about how the robot kit in particular works, I can tell you right here, right now, it does work. It okay. feels really good. Um, you, I, I was moving my character. You know, with my. My own body movements, um, lifting my legs up to walk around, and the character on screen was moving in accordance to how I was as well. So, nice. and
5: it felt it felt right, right. So, and yeah,
2: and what I had told Brian before is that this was really like almost like the first time I had a similar feeling doing this as the first time I played VR. Um, It gave me this sense of presence inside Mm. of the video game, which was really cool. That's Uh, awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that we're going to have something like that on Switch and that it actually works. So, yeah, I mean, we'll find out more together on April 20th. So one last question. Absolutely. Is the
4: cardboard sturdy? Like, how does it feel?
2: Um, it feels like cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah I, could, I
4: could imagine that.
2: No, it's like thin cardboard. It, Video game journalism. It's definitely sturdy. Like you, you do a bunch of folding and creasing of the cardboard. Mm-hmm. And I will say that for an eight-year-old's fingers, it gets pretty exhausting. Even oh, for yeah? even from my okay, own. Okay, that's yeah. good to hear, though. Because oh, like wow. your own eight-year-old, my own eight-year-old. No, yeah, because
4: like I want it to be sturdy enough because I have cats and they're gonna definitely pounce on this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can hide it as much as I want, but they're still gonna play with it. I thought you were
1: like, that's good to hear. I love exhausting. (laughs) (laughs)
4: No, but I mean, obviously you can repair it yourself and stuff, but you want it to work for a long time, Mm really. And
1: And obviously the other big question that we can't answer yet is that Nintendo will have some sort of solution available for for getting basically second kits in case you burn through your first or tear them apart. We don't exactly know what that looks like. There will be a replacement kit option in case, you know, you completely destroy it, which happens, especially once like you break out the scissors and tape and... Mr. Scissors is the enemy of the yeah.
4: lab. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just
5: don't let Mr. Or the Scissors in.
4: Make something creative. By the yep. way, I was Speaking. super
5: distracted by your phone case. What the Sorry. hell is that? It's
4: a Substitute plush from it's Pokemon.
5: Oh, oh, oh. A Substitute
4: your Pokemon. Does it? it have? It has
5: a belly, like yeah, a little. It's like all protrude. That's pretty amazing.
2: There you go. That's beautiful. I just um, have a regular. We I didn't feel boring now.
4: talk about <laughs> Toycon Garage.
2: Yes. Oh. Yes, oh, yeah. we do have to mention okay. ToyCon Garage. Speaking of scissors, yeah, that is arguably think, oh. the most exciting piece of this whole thing. Um, so, ToyCon Garage is Nintendo's um, sort of plan on how they're going to make Labo last long term and how we can make Labo really our own customizations. Because with ToyCon Garage, we can actually create our own ToyCons. So, the, what they showed us is how um, they were able to take. Like the piano sounds, or like what the same concept of the piano was, and put all of those musical sounds into. Another instrument, and they brought out a cardboard guitar, which is obviously something that we had never seen before. But a custom built, presumably. totally right. custom built, yeah, yeah. Uh, very not not as nice looking as the piano. It wasn't like all 3Dified. It was literally like cut out of cardboard <laughs> with a switch just like slapped on there. Um, and did it have strings? No, it didn't have strings. The guy was strumming the the screen of the. Of the oh switch. yeah and so the way that that whole thing works is uh people will actually be able to program their own labo creations using nodes um that's the programming software that Labo is going to use or ToyCon Garage is going to use which is a simple form of programming and they're saying that children will be able to do this or that is so awesome yeah so yeah. I could see that getting really big like with schools um, you yeah know, code the clubs
5: like form. they're yeah. coding clubs at schools often where you can yeah. learn how to code simple things and like this seems to be kind of an extension of what they want to do with Wario, right? Like right. they wanted to give you tools to create your own stuff. Right. And which, like this is one step more because you build physical objects. Too. Which
1: they made a Wario game where Wario where do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Where they had a bunch of de- a bunch of developers made mini games. Yep. People from all around the industry. And yep. like if T-Y-I. we yeah if we see something like that again, that'd be really cool. I
5: think that's awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah. Su- I'm actually surprised they didn't put slap Wario on this franchise. One you know? one thing he's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one thing, <laughs> yeah. one thing
2: too that they did um, was they rewired it so that the motorcycle handlebars were actually controlling the RC car. Mm -hmm. So you could actually like use that. You know, That's in cool. conjunction with the RC car. So different ideas like that. There you go. If you don't know what the motorcycle looks like, uh, <laughs> you can see it right now on screen in there that it famous is. picture of me. I don't look as happy in that picture, though. No, but very, very
5: concentrated. concentrated yeah. We concentrated. all love the, the microphone <laughs> resting <laughs> at the wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'm not leaving my mic behind. Alrighty.
2: <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, Miranda and Brian, for joining us. Sure. Uh, we're going to take me. a quick, quick break, and then we'll be right back with Zach. And I believe Jonathan Dornbush. Sweet. See you in a minute.
0: Listen.
1: This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It's gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Super Mario Odyssey, NBA 2K18, Fire Emblem Warriors, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as $0.54 a day. So ask yourself, how many moons can you find in Super Mario Odyssey for $0.54 a day? Oh, and you don't even have to leave the house. The games come right to you. And hey, they rent movies too. Normally, a Gamefly trial lets you only check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash voice chat, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today at Gamefly.com slash voice chat.
2: Here we go! Welcome back to the second half of Nintendo Voice Chat, and replacing um, Miranda and Brian is Jonathan Dornbush and Zachary Ryan. Sorry, I was distracted by all the <laughs> magic happening on the side of my face here. Uh-huh. Oh, man. All right. Well, how are you guys doing, Ben? Over there. Yeah? That's a
7: video exclusive for all right. <laughs> yeah, You'll have to see what he's talking about on the video episode. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, great to have you back here. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, thank you. Totally yeah. threw him yeah. off oh, his yeah. 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 guns. <laughs> really, like, yeah.
5: yeah, it was like a James Bond opening.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, you guys have joined us to talk a little bit about um, some games, some new releases coming out this week, but then also I played um, a bunch of games at a... Private Nintendo event last Sweet. week. Which brag was about,
7: really about cool it, man. Fancy pants. <laughs> yeah,
2: some of those games um, you guys or we all do have in office now, like Owlboy, mm-hmm, uh, which mm-hmm. is the first game that I actually wanted to touch on um, and see who who here has actually played Owlboy.
6: I'm playing Owlboy right now. Have I'm you guys not it? I played it? I no, haven't yeah, gotten it so, it already yet, but I really oh, okay, want to. Yeah. 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 Uh, Owlboy is. Uh, we talked a little bit about it with Chloe last week. It came out uh, came out on PC at the end of 2016, uh, but now it's on Switch, which to me is like the perfect fit. It yeah. really. It's this gorgeous 2D, uh... Sort of open world platformer, uh, kind of a like. I know you guys are going to get mad for saying it, but it's a Metroidvania <laughs> oh, sort what? of what feel. Are those? I know, <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, this was developed by a super small team. It was in development for uh, close to seven years, yeah. and uh, now it's finally kind of starting to make the rounds. It was on. It was a PC exclusive for a while. Now it's on Switch and other platforms. But um, I've played about uh, an hour and a half, two hours of this game, and it is gorgeous and uh, super cool. Uh, the, the, one of the things. That that i really love about it first of all it feels like a long lost super nintendo game yeah it 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 reminds me of like square's heyday of 16-bit games yeah uh and it's really interesting because your protagonist is mute he doesn't talk but there's all these other characters that kind of fill in the story for you and you can see if you're watching the video footage here you can see that uh one of the main ways that you attack in this game is that you carry your buddy with you you pick him up with your claws your towel owl feet and then uh your your friend there shoots his gun to add enemies and stuff but it's really interesting it's an interesting take on power-ups right like it's right. it's not necessarily like oh hey now you've gained the gun like it's it's you carry your buddy around and then he's going on this adventure with you and uh it's just like a super sweet endearing game and uh Really, really fun to play. Um, it's got very light puzzle solving mm-hmm. from what I can tell so far, mm-hmm. but I'm really digging it. It's, it's super cool. It's awesome. Yeah, Chloe really yeah. liked it too. She yeah, she yeah. gave it a 9.3 yeah. back wow. in the day. Yeah, yeah. back yeah. in the day, I guess in 2016. <laughs> Way back when. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm actually, I just did all this stuff this morning when I was playing uh, through it. If you're watching the video, you can see here sort of the, the mechanics and this is the first boss fight in the game. And it's interesting because it's, it's kind of got a Metroid feel here too where you need to complete certain things in order to, to fight enemies in different ways like a kind of a zelda feel here you need to knock off the mask and then shoot them with your buddy you know so reminds me
5: a little bit of demons demons crest if you remember those games like the capcom offshoots from ghosts and i don't remember uh yeah Yeah. like just the you know the art style like the kind of like the style of 16-bit drawings Uh yeah yeah the art is gorgeous like
7: the depth Mm -hmm. of field that you get from just looking at a single screen is kind of incredible yeah
6: it's really cool i really love that sort of uh uh advanced 16-bit look you know it's like it they're obviously going for a super nintendo style uh pixel art, but it's not something that could have been ever done on, on you know, there's no Super Nintendo game that looks like that. That's like, cool. I just yeah. really love the way that that, that looks. Yeah.
2: yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I've I've had it Um. right, like I said, I played it last week, and mm-hmm. I've had it for a couple of days now, and I'm so excited about it. You played game.
6: it at the event as well. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: it's just really cool. I love the way it controls. Uh-huh. At first, I was a little hesitant about it. I was like, I don't know how this feels, like I gotta yeah. carry a guy it, around. It feels like, almost mm-hmm. like a
6: twin stick shooter a right. little bit, yeah. Like, but it
2: like, has like a lock-on it, uh-huh. which is mm-hmm. helpful, yeah. So, yeah, definitely cool recommend checking it out. Yeah, um, I'll get yeah it. once it comes, it's coming out on February 13th, which is next mm-hmm. week. Um, Buy but it in, for
6: someone you love, yes.
2: <laughs> 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 um, but another game that I did actually get to play, <laughs>
5: poor Jonathan, his <laughs> switch got stolen. Yeah, well, I,
7: I had a code for Owlboy, and then that day my switch got stolen. Oh, oh, so, yeah, not, not the best timing that I had oh. that and Dandara all ready to go. Uh, and then my Switch got stolen, unfortunately, while I was out at dinner. And just the worst timing of, like, I had that evening plan to play all those games,
5: and it just didn't work So out. if anybody sees somebody with a Switch with Owlboy in, and Dendara on it, it's stolen?
7: Yeah. Or, or, the the, or
6: that person just has really good taste. Yeah, okay. that
7: too. And just an absurd amount of hours in Mario Plus Rabbids. Yeah. If you, yeah. That's my Check Switch that. then. Yeah. There's like 100 Mario Plus Rabbids
5: hours. Too that's bad horrible. that you probably have the boring joy I had on my you.
7: red and blue. Oh, um, bl- yeah,
2: oh, man. yeah, yeah. Oh, Sorry,
7: man. not the best. So I'm looking forward to playing all these games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, another game that I did get a chance to check out last week on Switch was Fae. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you know, I was told by the developer Fae. Uh, no, Fee is what he told me. Yes, I've re- heard fea, people have been fea, also
6: told Fae. Fee yeah.
2: and Fae. Really? We, yeah.
6: Around the office, it, it usually yeah, it usually results fea. in a chorus of people going Fae. Fae.
2: I mean, I call it Faye. I've been calling it Faye. I'm just gonna stick with that. But I did get a chance to put some time in it, and uh, and what you guys are watching right now is is the it's not my gameplay, but it's the part of the game that I did play. Yeah, why is it such a?
6: This looks crummy. If you're watching the video version, uh, please note that that uh, this game doesn't usually look this this (laughs) uh, artifact. But this is the Switch Uh, version. This is the Switch version. Yeah, the Switch version. Obviously, (laughs) the resolution is
2: much better um, than what you're seeing. I don't know why it's. Very crappy, but I'll have a link in the description of this uh, video if you are interested in seeing what that gameplay does look like because the game is very interesting. The game is is totally um, way more than what I had initially expected it to be. Yeah, it's got all these elements of like... Uh, the Legend of Zelda, and even something like Shadow of the Colossus. Um, all, oh wow! Yeah, like put together, but it's not too much of anything.
6: You in know? what in what way is it like Shadow?
2: Well, there's actually like Colossus oh. walking around
6: no, this it's game. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's I don't really know that we've seen good. any of that. Yeah. I thought
5: it was a Zelda Vania, so it's, it's yeah, more
6: like a,
2: a Colossus Zelda or what? <laughs> Col- it's like yeah? but it's Colossus Zelda Vania. It's yeah. got that Vania twist in yes. it too, because there's a little bit of backtracking that you'll do in this sure. game as well. So like here, like what you do in the game essentially is you play as a fairy in a mm. forest yeah. uh, and a fee yeah. mm. and which is fae or fea or in german whatever, fairy whatever. is fae, by the way uh, yeah but this yeah. is not german no but in swedish it's fairy as there well so that's we why go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah you play as a fairy uh in a forest and there's no real combat in the game but there are enemies okay. so you can die there is death um but a lot of most of your time uh playing the game you'll Basically, be doing a lot of exploring, some stealth mechanics as well. Um, and then also climbing Colossus types, things, type animals. I'm not exactly sure what they are. Right. But um, you also learn different languages to communicate with the world, which is. Also, another really interesting mechanic that I haven't seen, and it uses the Switch's motion controls, Oh, cool. Oh. which is cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you'll meet an animal, like a deer, for instance, and then the deer will teach you a language, and you'll have to tune in with that deer using motion controls, <laughs> which feels cool. Because
7: the language is, like, musical, or right. it's, like, sound-based. It's not, like, language, like, words being used, right? Exactly. Yeah, like, I, I got a Journey vibe from at least that type of, like, communication is done by sounds, not just words, specific words. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, that's so it nice. sounds really cool. Yeah, and you learn these different uh, languages to unlock different parts of the game that or not unlock different parts of the game, but g- that'll get you to new areas. Yeah, that you need well, to stuff
6: that's gated off. You need to find. Right. Like, so there's minor and
2: backtracking yeah. and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah it's it's it looks like it's warming up to be a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how big of a game it is, uh, but I'm very curious and it's running really well on switch. Sweet. So that's really nice. Cool. Yeah. Very good stuff. Check and it, it out. February February sixteenth. 16th. February sixteenth for that one. That's also Fee. next. From,
7: from Zoink, right? Yeah, from Zoink, yeah. Which is now part of EA it's Originals, their so. Well didn't they combine with Image and Form?
2: Oh yes. Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. So now
7: they're that like combined company. Nice.
2: Wow. Yeah. Cool. Um yeah. So another game that I did get a chance to check out next or last week was Bayonetta Two. I've on heard Switch. of that. Mm. Yes, this is a very interesting game. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> yeah. uh, did, you
5: play it, uh, did you play it when it came out before, or is this first the first time?
2: So I have played a little bit of Bayonetta 2 on Wii U, yeah. but it was just uh, over at friends' houses. I never put too much time into the game, but I've always, always wanted to play it. Um, so I did a, a bunch of research about the series. Um, I know a lot about it myself, just from like obviously being a huge Nintendo fan. But um, I also... I'm I'm a little disappointed with the lack of Switch exclusive features or new features that they're bringing over to the Switch. Because the game is essentially a perfect port of Bayonetta 2 from the Wii U over to Switch. It's locked at 60 frames per second, um, so we're not going to have any uh, slowdowns in frame rate like we had with Bayonetta 2 on Wii U. But the frame rate, or I'm sorry, the resolution is still 720p, docked and undocked. Okay. Mm, yeah. yeah. So uh, you're you're going to be watching it in 720p, playing it in 720p. But I will say that on the big, you know, 60 inch HD TV that I was playing it on, it didn't look bad at all. It looked it's, really good.
5: It's um, buttery smooth. So the one thing about both the Bayonetta games is that they do they do. Improbably big things on screen at a super smooth frame rate, like giant freaking things moving around on the screen, and it's really impressive to see, even if the resolution takes a bit of a hit. Right.
2: So there's also amiibo support. You're going to be able to use 32 amiibo a day uh, to unlock costumes. Jesus. Oh well, that's for me. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So if you're, we'll be visiting
7: Paris (laughs) desk again every day
2: grinding halos or something like that like that's a really great use for that um but um yeah i mean it's bayonetta 2 it's coming to switch 60 frames per second locked it feels really really good and i'm just ex- i'm really excited to play this this game all the way through finally for the first time so yeah. right, have you guys played Bayonetta? yeah i played all?
6: Bayonetta. i played both bayonetta games on on wii u um And uh, I I mean, I love character action games like this. Platinum Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite developers and uh, uh, really, really love Bayonetta 2 especially. I think it's it's super fun and challenging and just it's a crazy game made for insane people because it's Mm -hmm. just all this eye-popping, like... Battle and, you know, like, Paris these, like, giant enemies. The scales, the, yeah. yeah. and you're flipping around and shooting guns and kicking people in the face, and it's just nuts. Like, it's, yeah, that's an anime-ass game. But, um, <laughs> uh, and I should say, we made the mistake last week uh, talking about the games uh, not being able for purchase, uh, Together, but you can get them together. Uh, right. If you buy Bayonetta two, you get a code for Bayonetta one, vice versa. Right. Um, for fifty, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. If you yeah. buy the fifty dollar one, yeah. So uh, not, I guess not vice versa. But we were a little confused last week and said that they were only. It was. I think Brian said it was only available as a package deal in Japan, which is not the case.
2: Right. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't matter if you buy it digitally or if you buy it um, physically. You should be getting a code if you buy Bayonetta two. Right. Digitally, if you buy Bayonetta two, you yeah. get Bayonetta one as a code as well.
5: If you like, I mean, if Platinum, I feel like is like the modern descendant of treasure. If you remember yeah, that company, they oh, yeah. made games like Gunstar Heroes. And yeah. before that, they were the Konami dream team yeah. that gave us some of the best Konami side scrollers. And like, they just never cared about whether something would sell. They just create something that interests them. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, uh, these guys are right up that alley. Um, so support platinum games. If you, yeah. uh, if you want to see more of that stuff,
6: platinum to me has always been the developer that I feel like missed the boat on the Sega dreamcast. Like all, the, <laughs> yeah. all oh, the weird, yeah. like yeah. batshit games. Oops, sorry. Didn't One, the full all the yeah, like all that the tripped. weird like like crazy games that they were experimenting with on the Dreamcast in the early 2000s. Like to an extent, Platinum still makes those kind of games. Like they're yep. they're like a higher resolution, but like kind of a similar look and feel. And they're just like really weird and out there and mm-hmm. very very Japanese. So like yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the Dreamcast. I'm a big fan of Platinum. Yep.
2: Um, yeah, so another or some more games. Let's talk about some games that we're playing this week. What sure. have you guys been playing this week? Have any of you been playing Dendara? Yes.
5: Yeah, I started Dendara. Um, we introduced it short a little bit last week, but I don't think we showed footage of it. Um. It's <laughs> it's a Metroidvania. Metroid. You know what? I really
6: hate that <laughs> gonna term that too. too. I'm going to get that tattooed across and, my chest in yeah. like old English. And by the way, <laughs> if you, just any yeah. it comes if,
5: up. If you're wondering why it's not Metroid-like or Castlevania-like, it's because those two games were in development at the same time, so nobody can agree on who invented that so, formula. There is, but, I, but I actually think it's probably wrong because I'm sure there were like computer games that
6: did that sort of progression and exploration before them. There is this sort of hot hotly disputed thing about what makes a Metroidvania a Metroidvania, right? Like it's is it the way that you move through the levels? Is it the the sense of like backtracking and finding secrets? Or like does there have to be some sort of character progression? Like are you leveling up? Are you Mm -hmm. finding new gear to increase stats? That lets you And I think like the some culmination of those three sort of pillars are, are what makes a Metroidvania. I feel like the way that we describe Metroidvania a lot on this show in particular is like more the former than the latter in that it's a lot of open areas that you can kind of look and find secrets and they might not necess- there might not necessarily be like RPG stats. But and, then, and then you yeah.
5: get a tool and come right. back and progress, right? Yeah. So Metroid, yeah. Shadow Complex, that yeah. ilk, which this mm-hmm. game feels very different. I actually think it, it has those exploration aspects where the game opens up, but it feels a little bit more like a puzzle game. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you've played VR games where when you th- when you walk through 3D space in VR, <laughs> you, you're likely to hurl. <laughs> uh, so what, what companies did more recently is like to let you point at a spot in the ground right. and, you know, Bethesda does that now with vr and then you warp to it and that Mm -hmm. doesn't that doesn't get you sick this game uses that sort of feature where you point at a wall but it's in 2d and then your character jumps there but you have full control over where you shoot while you explore Mm -hmm. like that and so it becomes a little bit more puzzly where you like move back and forth between two different um like ceiling and floor or platforms in order to take out an enemy and uh, you know, then it has a really interesting art
6: style. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. As, as I hope you you saw in the footage if you watch this. That's right. Yeah, I haven't had an opportunity to to play Dendara yet, but I, I was watching some of the gameplay footage that we've posted. You know, and it <laughs> it looks super cool. Yeah, I really love the locomotion through these levels and the way you're kind of ricocheting off of things and and the way that it doesn't. You're not seeing it here, but in a lot of the trailers that that are out for this game, you see these environments that look sort of like this, but they're also rotating like. Mm. parts are rotating within a greater rotating oh, room right. and like it looks it looks like it would get very challenging and disorienting the later in the game that you get so I'm, I'm really into that
2: Yeah, Pear hit it right on the head. I think when he said that it feels a lot like a puzzle game because that's exactly what it feels like for me. Um, Minus, of course, the the combat which you're seeing right now. If you're watching the video podcast, Uh, the combat feels okay, but the boss battles are a lot of fun. Okay, yeah, Yeah, they have some very interesting mechanics, um, especially once you get to the boss battles. Um, I wasn't expecting that level of like sort of depth and the different stages and all that stuff. Like, I don't want to spoil it too much for for anyone, but you sort of climb some of these bosses in the way that you climb uh, the platforms in the game. So- oh, Shadow Sweet. of the Colossus. Oh,
6: yeah. another Which, by the way, <laughs> I finished
2: the PS4 version. It's so gorgeous.
6: Yeah, I have like oh two or, three, I have like two or three, three Colossi left in the, the remake, and uh, that might be the best looking game I've ever seen. Oh, so gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, like, I I I like it. I don't mm-hmm. love it. I got to say that. And, right. and that's, oh, that's because, but
5: but that's more like a, the, I think that's a personal preference thing where I inherently like games where I explore, I walk around, I jump, I explore that way. I'm never that big on these games where I like, I have to tilt the screen or I have to point at things. It's just mm-hmm. a, a personal thing. But like, it, it is a cool puzzle game and like, it looks very uh, simple to get from platform to platform, but the beam that you can point has a has a range, right? And so, uh, same as your shots. So it gets more complex as to how you solve all these these puzzles and and take out the enemies
2: so it's it seems to be a good game Oh, nice! nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been playing uh, a little bit of Aegis Defenders. Yeah, you. me too. You guys have been yeah. playing that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I didn't get a chance to play the co-op mode. All your that fault. Is exclusive. <laughs> we were going to play it. I know. We Just <laughs> kept on missing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Perry and yeah. I were supposed to play it, but um, yeah, I don't know. We all played it separately, I guess. Um, and so I, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. It's a lot harder than I expected it to be, at least when you play by yourself. By mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I really like the whole idea of combining these these genres of like a platformer and um, a tower defense style game, it just works, it works really well, or at least um, from what i 've played of it
5: it's yeah it 's a little bit like uh, like lost Vikings in that you have characters that are split up right? yeah. obviously working together in, in co-op mode mm-hmm. you can do that too, but then uh, yeah you can uh, you get to these points where you have to defend an area and you have to use your resources that you can mine during the stages to build a defense turret or, yeah. or some you know you, you get more and more contraptions yeah. and then you have to survive the waves that come in. Right. I, I really love that element. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I've
7: been loving the ta- I'm a huge like tower defense person. When the iPhone first happened, there were like a thousand tower defense games sure. I downloaded as many as I could. And this feels just like a really solid blend of like resource management with trying to figure out like the optimal paths that you want to do because some of the levels will have platforms during the tower defense se- sessions that will crumble in between waves and you have to counteract that because you, your strategy for one wave may not work in the second wave. And it's, it's a nice twist as you're going through to keep up that tension mm-hmm. and not just make it feel like, oh, I know they're all going to come out of that sort of entryway. So I'll just buff there and we'll be fine.
5: Yeah. 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 And, you know, just like a lot of indie games, kind of simple presentation, you know, more yeah. kind of leaning on the 16 bit uh, uh, style look. Yeah, it, very colorful though. But I, I I'm enjoying this. We should say at this point by the way that uh this is published by Humble Bundle. Yes. And yeah. IGN and Humble Bundle are owned by the same company. So just for disclosure, yeah. that doesn't mean that we collaborate on anything. We got these the uh the game just like we get any other uh, game from any other publisher and um you know, we we don't control what they do and they don't control editorial, but we want you guys to know. Yeah.
6: Yep.
7: We we do have a cool new story up about it uh which I wrote. Plug about how Pikmin, Persona, and Overcooked inspired the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The devs talked to us about how, like, all those disparate franchises. Yeah, it's such a weird listing of games. When I just read that, I was like, I really want to play this game now.
5: Because how does Overcooked fit in Uh,
7: the collaboration? Yeah, the idea that they wanted people. They realized when they were testing it that people weren't wanting to collaborate as much. So there's a fusion system where the uh, character who's dressed in blue and the character who's dressed in yellow, if you combine your items, it gets you a different item, like a better item. Mm. And so they realized like using this sort of cooperative system encourage people to play with each other more instead of just doing yeah. their own thing in different corners
5: just I, yeah. I mean like when you look at these games uh, visually they all look very similar a lot of these side scrollers look very similar but like just you know Dundar and Aegis Defenders they're so different gameplay wise yeah it's yeah. 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 pretty cool yeah,
2: completely. Um, so our pick of the week this week, uh, we've been starting this new thing on NVC where we sort of come together and we all decide what our favorite game was of the week. And I think we all agree that Dragon Quest Builders is probably the most interesting or exciting, our favorite game to come out this week. Yeah. So um, I've played a bunch of this game. I played a bunch of the demo, but I played a whole bunch of the original game when it came out back on like PS4 and okay. ps Yeah. yeah. Um yeah so zach how what do you think of it? Uh, I know you're a fan
6: uh, so it's really funny. Pear was kind of giving me uh he's was kind of burned me last week because i, I as de- as I was describing it, I was like, oh, I'm not really into minecraft. Um, and I've never been into the Dragon Quest series. And he's like, "Oh, it seems like a real perfect fit for you." <laughs> uh, this game to me is—it's kind of funny that you had mentioned the Square, uh, like late era Square stuff yep. on the SNES, because this—the combat stuff in this game sort of feels to me something like Secret of Mana, or, you know? Mm-hmm. Like where it's a—it's an action RPG, but you have this in, this whole other building mechanic. Like you're building up a fort, you're building up t- a town, and more people come to it as it, as it gets bigger. Um, so it's, like act
5: Razor a little bit uh, or kind no of, I, yeah
6: it's it's all yeah it's a little piece of every game genre in there right mm-hmm. yeah and I really am enjoying my time with it like I really love it a lot the building is really simple like one thing that I love that they do is they give you a blueprint for stuff so uh, early on in the game especially it teaches you uh, sort of organically how to how to format your rooms to build you know like build things out outward. Uh, so I really, really dig that, and uh, the combat for as simple as it is, is surprisingly fun. Like it feels to me like, uh, you know, I, I made the square the square comparison, but it's it's kind of like this weird hybrid of of Zelda and Minecraft, and I, I just really dig it. Yeah, I'm I'm really into it. Uh, I have a long flight tomorrow. I have got about a 10 hour flight, and I'm going to sink a bunch of time into flying west. to Japan. I am. You're going to take me. the game back home where it came from. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I'll show them. I'll say, look, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Return from whence you came and fling my switch into the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. I'll take that if you're (laughs) going to. Yeah, I'll take that.
2: Sorry, bud. (laughs) Uh, So before we wrap things up, let's just quickly go over some of the new games releasing this week. Uh, So, of course, like we just mentioned, Dragon Quest Builders, that game came out today. Uh, Other games that came out, Black Hole, Dandara, Aegis Defenders, The Dark Side Detective, Mercenary Kings Reloaded, which was also originally released on, like, PS4 and Vita a couple years ago, right? Yeah, 2014,
7: I think, yeah. Um,
2: Disc Jam, as well, and Aperion Cyberstorm. So definitely check those out. Disc Jam, I want to say, have you guys ever played Windjammers? Yes. 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 Okay. So I played a little bit of disc jam this morning because we, we just got codes this morning sent mm-hmm. to us, um, and it's a lot like wind jammers. Okay. A lot like wind jammers. So oh, jams right there in the title. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if if you don't know what that game is, I highly recommend you look it up. It's a really fun game. So check it out. Um, but yeah, let's jump into question block. Uh, let's take a look. Let's see who? Yeah. So this email comes from us from our email nvc at ign. Dot com And it's from Jacob M. from Rogers, Arkansas. Jacob says, Hey, NBC crew. I am a gamer who is short on two things, time and money. I was wanting to get a new game for my Switch to play over the yeah. next couple of weeks and have narrowed it down to two choices, Night in the Woods or Celeste. As a gamer, story is very important to me, and I have heard that both have an incredible story that should be experienced. Both are comparably priced, but I just don't have the time to play both right now. Which game should move to the top of my priority list? So tough. You Ooh, picked
5: man. two very, very different games. Luckily, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you can probably make that decision without without us if we give you some pointers.
7: Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it feel I I love both of those games. For me, the gameplay of Celeste is as important to it as its story and the. Mm-hmm. The themes of the story are built into the gameplay, whereas Night in the woods I love Night in the woods, but it is a much it 's a much simpler thing to get your hands around as you 're playing, and it 's less intensive if you just want to experience that story, obviously, there is the assist mode in celeste, but I think if like for purely a story based thing I would say night in the woods yeah i, I- Go
5: am I'm more of a night in the woods guy. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I really enjoy Celeste, but it is brutally hard. And like, I don't want to turn on assist mode. And so yeah, I will die same. dozens of times on uh, some of those levels. But it has very clever dialogue woven into the, the side characters, the characters you encounter, whether it's, you know, this owner of this this I love the strange hotel, hotel uh, 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 yeah. Mr. Oshiro, yeah. and um it, it, there, there's a lot of fun to be had in that game, but but think of it more like a like a challenge, like a Super Meat Boy. Whereas Night in the Woods is is this kind of like. Sweet Wes Anderson style yeah. comedy that you know is also commentary on dying towns and growing up and all that. And it's like there's no challenge to it. It's like it's walking from one character to the next, doing little quests. But it's all about um, what the characters say, and it's just so
6: brilliantly written. It's the script is written. phenomenal. Yeah. I I would say that that Celeste is a great game with excellent story elements, mm-hmm. and Night in the Woods is a great story with some game elements right yeah. Yeah. it's, it's not, walking and it's, jumping yeah exactly. yes. like it's, yeah. it's totally swapped I think if you're if you're worried about like a time commitment uh, either you could go either way because yep. they're both I feel like I put about 10 hours in, into both yeah sure both for what, the main story feel like for, I kind of got my feel yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah I'm with I'm with you guys I think like if you're a story guy go with Night in the Woods yeah. it's not that's not to say that Celeste's story isn't phenomenal no. but like if you're looking strictly for like a story experience then Night in the Woods is the
7: best but reason. man you want to meet Greg trust me yeah, Greg, Greg is an is awesome,
6: awesome character, character. Yeah. yeah Greg is the best yeah, some, especially when he gets excited uh, some, <laughs> the characters are so I, good in there you
2: know it's hard for me to jump in on this one because I actually haven't played Night in the Woods yet right. at all yeah but I can speak for Celeste when I say that it is one of my favorite indie games on Switch right now. Mm. And it's just one of those games that you can just jump into right away and pick it up. Like, you don't have to follow the story at all, even though the story is there and it's really good. It's also just a game that you can mindlessly kind of get through. I
6: guess... I wouldn't say mindlessly some of those rooms are are real head scratchers but I guess if you're if you have like a time specific time constraint Celeste would be really good for that too because it's Mm. such an easy game to pick up and like solve one board or two you know my boards I call my yeah yeah but you know thanks grandpa yeah Yeah. (laughs) sorry (laughs) my boards Uh,
2: all right well that's our show this week. Thank you guys very much for watching and listening. We are a weekly show on IGN.com, but you can also find us on YouTube and your any of your favorite podcasting listening services. Uh, so definitely make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube or the podcast stuff if you aren't already. So, Pear, where can people find you at?
5: Uh, on Planet Earth and on Twitter at IGN.
2: And Jonathan?
7: You can find me on MySpace. Always. <laughs> uh, no, on Twitter, at JM Dornbush. What's your song on MySpace Oh, it's right now. Dashboard Confessional. Okay, always cool. and Say forever. Hands yeah,
6: hands, hands down. down. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, at ZacharySD on Twitter, and you can find me at the IGN office in San Francisco most days. Or in Tokyo. Or in for Tokyo the for the next week? 10 days, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Such, I'm so jealous.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's where I'll be. Cool, and my name is Philip Mewson. You can find me on Twitter at Philip Mewson. Thank you guys for watching once again, and we'll see you again next week.
5: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The heresies of Radolf Mountwine, coming january second, wherever podcasts are available.